Okay, for today's episode, we put something dark into our mouths. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Let's try that again. Day, we go down the Brown River. Nope, that's worse. Uh, okay, how about we are up to our eyes in the brown stuff today? Okay, fine. Screw it. We're just talking about brown ales today. Uh, we're going to go over this fun style with probably fewer poop jokes than during this intro. But uh, no promises. So uh, come in and have a drink. <laughs> Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. Uh, Hello. Oh, three of us are on location at uh, Price Laboratories. DeLatter's. DeLatter's Brewing now? DeLatter's Labs, yes. That's what we need to name the brewery. Uh, Yeah, no, one of us is uh, is still in his home. There he is. (laughs) At least, at the very least, in his jammies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I couldn't Jealous. be pantsless for this one. Mike's on pants off. Yeah, go figure. Mike's on pants off. That's the way we like to Drink podcast. <laughs> so, uh, what has everyone been up to? Hmm, not much. Uh, I feel like Casey and Chris were up to something. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. three of us were up to the same thing. Uh, one of us was not. So, Brittany, what have you been up to? I did Black Friday shopping with my family, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I say that only because it, it seemed to never end. We have to drive an hour away to another state to go to the mall. And we were there from about, I don't know, 8.30 in the morning to 9 p.m. And it was just super fun. But I did get some gifts out of the way for Christmas, so that's nice. Like that, I actually got that over with. Um, nice. That uh, is nice. And then for those wondering, like Casey had to just pour me some more bourbon, um, I am also trying to get over a cold, so I'm, I'm not doing a ton of talking and I've had to bourbon up my throat a little bit so that I can talk otherwise I cough a lot so, <laughs> it's a good sorry. excuse to drink bourbon is what I think yeah a little it's helped a lot little actually like grandpa's old cough medicine because mm-hmm. I yeah I've been they heard me before the show I've been in like a tuberculosis coughing fit and uh yeah <laughs> beyond that I've just been trying to not be sick anymore <laughs> All right. Well, as for the rest of us pre-Black Friday, Casey, Justin, what were you all up to? 
Uh, freezing my balls off. <laughs> freezing them balls off. Okay. Uh, out in a line outside of a liquor barn, and uh, uh, in uh, Lexington. Yeah, that's the place I live. <laughs> in the city in which you uh, reside. Yeah. Yeah. It was cold. So yeah, Black Friday this year. Um, it was it was a little little chilly. I don't think it was quite as cold as last year. Really? I wouldn't know. I wasn't there last year. It may have been. It I was wasn't 28 wearing... degrees. So, I mean, I know for those folks that live in, in colder climates, you know, they're like, oh, a balmy 28, huh? I work in a lot colder than that, usually. Not me. I work in, in usually a warm 72 all day, every day. Like, I get out of the car, and I have a sky bridge to take me. Not even the wind gets well, to me. Well, aren't you just the dickens? <laughs> I'm usually fine. My only problem is I picked the wrong shoes because they, they were just canvas on top. And so mm. I'm just like... Clenching my toes for warm. But other than that, I could move and keep warm. No, no, I was wearing we were sitting, boots and hiking socks. My toes yeah, we were standing outside of Liquor Barn for the Bourbon County... Uh, Brand Stout. Launch party. Yeah. And my party at and, Freeze. Yeah. Which was a, a, whole, a whole bunch of mixed emotions. <laughs> so we were in line. We didn't know anything until we showed up because, for some reason, none of us are signed up for their mailing list. No, right? You really think I would be? Yeah, yeah. I go there all the time. And you live down the street. But not we showed up and had no idea. We knew they were going to have it. Didn't know anything about variants or quantities or anything. And they put all this out like a week ago. They're like, hey, this location's going to have this. This location's going to have that. If you wanted to go to Louisville, hey, they're going to have every single variant. Yep. But what we did discover is they did the... Or Elizabethtown, I think. Yeah. The Bourbon County Brand Stout Reserve, which we had no idea until we picked up a couple bottles, uh, that it was only for sale in Chicago and the state of Kentucky. And this was the... It was aged the same amount of time from our research. We figured yeah, this out. From, we, we were pretty sure that it was 100 days or so yeah. in barrel. In uh, 11-year-old Knob Creek barrels. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, all those bad boys, uh, single barrels, were all uh, just for Kentucky. And we had <laughs> more of that than the regular. Yeah, that, that was, was really the, weird. That was bizarre. Like, we go through because we had enough. There weren't enough people in line to really, like, preclude going through line twice 50 50 to 70 people somewhere in that range i, I stopped counting at about 50 we I, I was our, thinking there's probably about 55 to like 58 well they ran yeah. out of uh, going through the line there were you could get one bottle of each they just had the regular uh, 2017 bourbon county brand stout and then they had the reserve and you could get one of each per trip and they let you buy your bottles and you could go to the back of the line and get more we just made our, after the first trip, we went back through to get two more, and the regulars were gone, and they still had cases and cases of the reserve. And that was, we we did the two trips and kind of called it, called it there because, I'll go ahead and let uh, Casey take this, we found something else sitting on the shelf. So Okay. Uh, which one of us is the first one that saw it? I did not until I, you all pointed it out I think I saw I, it. I saw these little I, I saw, nondescript. I saw a little unassuming brown box. The and just, I remember looking down going, what is this? Last thing in the in like, in like the line, in the, I guess you would, like, that's the, 
It's it's like kind of like their their cells or something. Their, it's their like impulse, their but it, it's yeah, sort of like an impulse setup. Yeah, they, they they have like higher quality. They have well, not, I don't know. It's, let's not get into a quality issue question here, but they have a a higher dollar section there where it's like, oh, here's some like your last chance bombers. If you're looking for something special, they might be over here. And they had, uh, you know, because they had like still some uh, bottles of uh, 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 backwoods bastard. Some bombers of that still out. And I was like, oh, well, all right. But uh, the last thing in that aisle, oh. Yeah, so we, I did not see it. I was just, I had my two beers and I was ready to check out. And I was like, all right, I'm on budget. Ashley's going to be happy when I come back home and didn't spend more than I told her I was going to spend. It's going to be bad budget. Oh, oops. <laughs> And so Sorry. we'll have to bleep that out. But uh, whenever, Thanks, Bob. <laughs> uh, whenever <laughs> we we get up there and and you all, we had talked in line about this beer. Yeah, we were discussing. Um, we had everyone dropped the ball in entering a <laughs> raffle for it recently, and to get the chance to, to buy get it. The chance to buy it. Yeah, and we were Drop like, oh, that'd ball. be a bummer. Maybe we'll. Uh, we're like, there's tastings. A lot of places will host them for like twenty, thirty bucks per ounce. And you're like, you know, I could justify because they talked about the collector's glass you get if you go to those tastings and the glass resales for that price. And it's like, well, I'm, I think I'm willing to pay that. Yeah. And so we get up there, and this little nondescript box that actually says, we once we read on it, it says not for retail display. Yeah. So they're not even supposed to have that box out. But uh, we find a box that on the front of it has Utopias. And I'm like, really? I like, saw that cursive <laughs> Utopia script, and like, it can't be. And I looked down at the price tag, and it was like two hundred dollars. And I was like, it is, <laughs> it yeah. is. They had seven bottles of Sam Adams Utopia. I want to think it was probably six, because six? usually they ship in sixes. You well, do like multiples of six, oh, okay. uh, half. You either do three, six, twelve. Okay. You ship. So I'm, I'm wanting to say they probably had six bottles there. This was not advertised on their Black Friday mailer no. that they were going to have this. And we were number 10 in line. So mm. we're probably we're like uh, five. five no, six, we were like, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And we were, we were less than 10. No one had that. picked one of these up in front of us. Yeah. And then we were the first to grab one. By the time we made it back around in line, they were all gone. Yeah. Out of those, those 60 people or so. I'm still willing to bet the guy that was there to resell bourbon is the one who grabbed Possibly. all the rest of the others. Yeah. Because God. Yeah, I'm wondering, but I don't know. Did he even go in? Yeah, he got. Well, he set up his chair because the next <laughs> a day, day early, yeah, a day early yeah. because there, uh, like a 25 year Michter was going on sale. Resale, uh, yeah, for 3,500 bucks. Yeah, so he, so can, he, he can pay eight, nine, twelve hundred for it, and and still make a good profit out of that. Yeah, and then he set up his chair and immediately went to the back of the Bourbon County line. So yeah, jump in, and so now we've got a bottle of Utopias. We split it four ways. Yep. And so we've got a bottle of Utopias we're going to try, I think, New Year's? Yeah, so when it comes around New Year's, uh, sometime on New Year's Eve, you'll be able to catch us here live uh, doing a tasting of that. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, I think there's already a discussion for Patreon tiers. Oh, and yeah. That being if you, do on it, there. you can see it live on, on – uh, but if you – you know, for those folks that – um, are out there that can't see it live you know we will probably start posting some stuff online after the first of the year we've so been that, saving up quite a few things to do uh 
some verticals, and we might start making those kind of tastings available. And from our from our discussions, we wanted if you can make it for the on for the the live portion. Yeah. You know, we're not saying it's behind a paywall at that point, but just for the the later versions. You know, that's the kind of like a Patreon exclusive type thing. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, look forward to that uh, Utopia's tasting and review. None of us have ever had it. We're extremely excited and pumped and. I mean, I could just stare at the bottle all day. Beautiful. <coughs> yeah. Oh, and just play with those little windows and play peekaboo with Samuel Adams. <laughs> yeah. Should, I hope it's good. From what I've heard <laughs> from the only the only review I've heard from the 2017. Is that redneck guy? Oh, God. Like, beer bombs it? It tastes like... We don't really uh, have time Uchman. to go into this, but that is... That that might be my favorite video on all of YouTube. I know. We went... No, you've got to go to like his... Someone put a mashup of all of his Vine videos because he was a Vine star. And me and Casey just sat here like buzzed, laughing our asses off at his channel. It was it was pretty great. Was nice. No no ah. one did tell us at the Braxton event um, that he's had it before. He's had the Utopias before. He said, and he's <laughs> like, and we we're like, well, is it worth $200? And he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. He's oh, like, wow. You should, you should get it. And I was like, okay. In line, I was thinking it was like 16 to 18%. Apparently, it's 28% 20, ABB. 28%. And that's not distilled 28 That is brewed with yeast to 28%. <laughs> Jesus. All right. It's like no uh, joke. Okay, we've been gushing over uh, our our Black Friday. Uh, um, what are what are some announcements? Right, so... Um, sorry, excuse me. <laughs> um, no, there's puke try. on the mixing board. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> try not yeah. to cough. Uh, our, our next video episode is going to be Saturday, December 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be covering the Dogfish Head Holiday IPAs pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that's the night of Dark Charge Day for us. Um, or two of us. Uh, the next audio episode, just like this one, uh, is going to be live on Saturday, December 9th at 9 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to be covering Trappist Breweries. So that one Woo. should be interesting. That could be a multi-parter as well. Yeah, I don't know. It'll that, be that one, one's still up in the air. It'll be a single recording session. Yeah. It may be a couple audio episodes. Yeah, so I mean, I mean all we'll of these see. usually go into podcast form, and it's just how it turns maybe out. I can control, so maybe I can control myself this time. <laughs> I mean, we turn you loose on that. Just go. Ken Burns, go. Deep. we give you the permission. Ooh. <laughs> Go can burns deep. That uh, I want that to be like. I feel like that needs to be like a, a T-shirt or something. <laughs> Gonna go Ken Burns deep. <laughs> oh man, should be a good episode. I, I like I like Trappist beers. So excited about that. Yep. All right. Before we start rambling, uh, let's dive into a little bit of news. <laughs> Still planning on changing that at some point. All right, our first story, and I think one of the better stories. It's positive. We've not had a lot of positive news stories recently. So uh, for $1,000, St. Arnold's fans get uh, can-exclusive perks, including free beer for life. Houston's craft beer scene just keeps getting better. Uh, In the same week that Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company revealed its plans to open a massive new brewery in Sawyer Yards. St. Arnold Brewing Company has finally shared details of its long-awaited beer garden. Slated to open next summer, the new addition will be located next to St. Arnold's Brewery on Lyon Street. Uh, They talk about, uh, they have renderings included in the article, which we're going to link to. But uh, it's going to be positioned uh, with a view of the downtown Houston skyline and murals depicting local scenes. 
Uh, since opening St. Arnold Brewing Company in 1994, I have long had a dream of creating a beer garden that would be a destination for the community to gather, a place Houstonians are proud of and want to bring visitors to, said St. Arnold founder Brock Wagner. In a statement, uh, after 23 years, much brewing, uh, yeah, much brewing, getting laws changed, and moving our downtown location, this dream is finally coming to reality. St. Arnold superfans who want exclusive access to the beer garden are invited to apply for membership in the St. Arnold Society. For a $1,000 fee, society members will receive a hard hat tour of the construction site, an invite to the opening party, a pewter mug engraved Ooh. with the member's name on it that will be stored at the beer garden. Uh, that is, alone is worth $150. And most importantly, one free beer per day for life. At $5 per pint, <laughs> really dedicated craft beer drinkers could conceivably earn back their payment fairly quickly. It It is rather important that they put that stipulation as one a day. Day. Per day. Uh, one per day for life. And then let's see. How long would that take that? Uh... So if I, if I lived in like an apartment above this brew house. <laughs> or somewhere nearby because they it, where they're moving to is a kind of like hipsterish neighborhood yeah. in Houston, so that's perfect. I'm sure there's going to be lofts and condos everywhere around. If you One lived year. within stumbling distance of this place, or definitely. Or if, if it was like on the way home from work. If you were walking home from work oh, and yeah. pass by it every day, every, go and grab yeah. a beer. Be like, well, I'll just go ahead and stop and get a beer on my way home. Yep. Become the norm. <laughs> norm! Uh, yeah, no. Uh, in less than a year, you will get you, you'll make that money back. I wonder if they called Norm, Norm. Because he was normal? Because no, his name was he Norman. was normally there. Yeah. His name was Norman. That that was the joke, right, but, but his name was Norman. Right. No, 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 no. I understand that. But, like, when you're writing the show, yeah. he's normally there. That's the Norm. He's like, Norm. He's normally there. I think we've gone into this deep dive. I don't know if you were around for that one or not, Casey. Oh, I don't uh, think so. Well, it was a cracked video that we talked about where they actually yeah, ran where what they, they break down. Oh, okay. That was uh, that's a pretty funny back, one. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't sound like that much because they're like, "Well, he's drinking like one or two beers per night per," and I was like, yeah, "Every day, that doesn't sound like." Yeah, our conclusion that much of a was problem. we drink more than Norm <laughs> does, <laughs> and then they were talking about how how the real tragedy is no one steps in to help him with his drinking problem because now, in fairness, his life does spiral out of control. Yeah, his life spirals so, out of control. He moves into a closet in the back of the bar. And no one does anything to help him. They still serve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that—that that is a neat. That is a neat sort of thing. Like it's a steep intro price. No, Dev. Okay, uh, so if we had a brewery around us, like say Braxton or um, Wooden Cask, is closer to us now. I want to. I want to like have a account a braxton count to see yeah. how long it takes uh, us to a clip a mont a, a, you know collage clip thing of just like <laughs> how long before we say braxton yeah, per episode saying braxton a million braxton, times braxton braxton yeah how okay long wooden them? cask or a better example okay exactly like what they've made that's the exact kind of facility is what uh the moorline logger house is so if they were to implement this suddenly and be like hey we're gonna start offering this program thousand bucks you can get in you can have free beer every day I would dive on that. It is pretty much on my way home from work. Yeah, I would be on that in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's not within walking distance, but 
but I could stop by and have a beer every day, definitely. The, where they get you is the fact that you don't want to go in normally and have one beer. It's like yeah. it's how they get you to that's, to stay there yeah, and that's, drink. The that's whole the time. thought, I'm sure. Yeah, because like you're gonna come in for your free beer and you're gonna stay for a few more. Let's, maybe let's, a beer, maybe two. Maybe get something to eat if they have food there. So, yeah, and uh, hopefully you don't do anything that leads to a lawsuit, which will transition us beautifully into this next. uh, Left Hand has filed lawsuits against White Labs over contaminated yeast, and many home (laughs) brewers are very familiar with White Labs. Uh, I was going to say, White Labs is is well known for in in home brewing, Mm -hmm. because I know about it. Uh, and I'm not a home brewer. We sourced uh, yeast from them, but Colorado-based Left Hand Brewing Company has filed a lawsuit against yeast supplier White Labs, alleging that the San Diego-based fermentation specialist sold the brewery contaminated brewer's yeast, which led to a $2 million recall in 2016. <laughs> okay, being someone who uh, reports on these kinds of things, there was no big out-there recall. It ne- there was never a headline that popped up anywhere when the recall happened that it was going down yeah i don't remember that i I remember extrovert ipa was really hard to find there for a while i didn't know why i mean that question has been answered for me now but they may have called it at the distributorship level but not at the but they had not a consumer they've caught it before it went before it went yeah so in the lawsuit filed last week in Boulder County District Court and first reported uh, on by Courthouse News Service, Left Hand alleges negligence and breach of contract by White Labs, which makes markets and sells brewer's yeast via outposts in California, Colorado, North Carolina, Copenhagen, and Hong Kong. It's unfortunate we had to file a lawsuit, but we didn't have a choice, Left Hand co-founder Eric Wallace said in a statement released to media outlets. As an employee-owned brewery, the fate of our brand and employees' livelihood was compromised, and we are asking White Labs to take responsibility for the quality of their product and stand behind their guarantee. For its part, so, White Labs is denying Left Hand's claim. So there is a part in here uh, that does maybe mention exact a part of the reason why they think that there's because they mention extrovert IPA. Uh, they also mention uh, abnormally high pressure in bottles of nitro milk, uh, nitro, uh, nitro milk stout. <clears throat> okay, um, so maybe that was part of the issue. Like they were probably getting some some consumer complaints. I wonder, uh, Casey, maybe you can explain this to me in case I'm being dumb. But increased pressure inside of a glass bottle seems like a thing that would make it much more likely to break. Yeah, explode. That is something that can happen on these, or they become gushers, which is usually what happens, yeah. because before the glass fails, you're going to get the cap shooting off. I'm just wondering, yeah, no, I'm no, just no, wondering no. how, how often the, the glass will break before the cap comes off. Okay. I was You'll wondering how often, I was just wondering how often in shipping they may have like just lost, you know, nitro, uh, nitro milk stout. God, why is that so hard to say? Um, if if the pressure, so it takes a it takes a lot. Now, nitro milk stout because it does have the milk solids in there, or the not the milk solids, but the milk sugars in there, and it's got some extra things that don't ferment with normal yeasts. That's going to be one of the first ones that you probably see it happen in because these other infectious yeasts or infectious bacteria will actually come in and eat the things that normal yeast won't be able to eat. So, Brettanomyces. Or I don't know, some other mm. bacteria will be able to actually eat those and create pressure. So that's probably one of is the it, first ones that you'll is see. Is it bad that when, is it bad when I hear pretendomyces? I just instinctively just go. Mm. 
<laughs> Ooh, mm, I forgot yummy, to put yummy. the bread beer in the fridge. Oh God, you! How could you? You monster! Well, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, we were, I was going to have some tonight, and I forgot to put it in the fridge. So we'll have to do that some other time or something. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So depending on what the infection is, and um, they're saying that they. Okay, so it's not Brett. It's Saccharomyces cerevisiae variant diastaticus. Um, I am not super up on this strain. Oh, one of these quick blurbs I'm seeing is talking about it being a new strain. Uh, okay, and most troublesome uh, is a thing from Pro Brewer. I just Google searched uh, that yeast. Uh, it's mentioning it under uh, oh. under wild yeast. It's a cross contamination with another S cervices. Mm. Uh, strain can cause flavor defects as well as unusual fermentation performance. So, uh, used at, in the saison yeast put out by uh, Lalamond and Y yeast. Um, so, Left Hand and Bell's both had form posts on the Brewers Association forum that mentioned these things about a year ago. Oh, so Bells may have also uh, suffered from this and then just haven't joined up. They haven't filed a lawsuit or anything yet. Yep. Okay. Um, Hear that, Casey? They didn't file a lawsuit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> the problem with this, it's it's hard to prove, and that's the issue with this. So yeah. from, from what I've read through some of the forums and everything, these are issues that happen occasionally, and and you can see it happen after a single brewery, but who's to say that that left hand didn't have an issue going on with their equipment? Yeah, infected equipment could also be a strong possibility yep. here. And left hand actually goes back, I don't know if it's in this article or something else that I read about it, but they go back and they actually take a few days off of brewing to clean all their equipment, replace all the gas, like all the gaskets are, are refitted and, and redone so that Everything from the start is is all good. And, I don't think they like, mentioned that. They do mention, however, that they uh, have a, se- a sensory panel for every batch of milk stout uh, yep. since then. Oh yeah, it's, to, I'd say before help. that they were doing it because they're probably is, doing some, but they've been trying to like keep that. That's in their check. bread and butter beer. Like, yeah, that is. Mm-hmm. And and you can take a sensory panel and you can do it immediately right off of the the. So you, you brew a beer, you take it immediately, but then you also set back beers, and you set back beers and let them go and sit on the shelf for for months and years, really. And you have that same sensory panel go back and test those. It's one way to make sure that the beer is shelf-stable and that it holds up over time, but then also your sensory panel is there to kind of be a stopgap to say, okay, this batch that just went out maybe three months ago, it's starting to get some weird flavors. You may want to check on that. And, and yeah, I was going to say, it's something that's a good, it's a good uh, thing for like a quality control thing. Plus, also, just e- even just to make sure, even, you know, ne- maybe not necessarily infected, but the, something about that batch came out weird. So, yeah. And- yeah, maybe maybe something happened and they accidentally added too much, you know, let's say added too much malt so oh, yeah. the whole batch, and it... it, it Taste it off. You know, someone accidentally dumped a whole truck into it. <laughs> well, you, you misplace a decimal place or something, a decimal point or something like that. Yeah, when you're doing a highly automated system and you, yeah. it's easy to do something like that. Um, the, one of the big things... <laughs> Instead, they accidentally make the world wide stuff. One of the uh, big issues... Uh, well, one of the things... Most larger breweries have 
all larger breweries, just about, I'll, I'll say all, um, have a sensory panel of some sort. Some of the smaller ones, the sensory panel starts and ends with the brewer and maybe one other person. So, you know, having a formal sensory panel is one of those things that I'm surprised that they would have had before this happened. The other thing is that these yeasts should be coming completely... Not, I don't want to say sterile. It's not sterile. It could be, should be coming as a single cell that is grown up in a sterile environment so that that's the only thing that you're getting. But this isn't the only time I've heard of White Labs yeasts being infected by off yeasts. Oh. And um, the homebrewers have said it for a while The because they're reusing yeasts, and they're finding that even in the uh, – it's not the Brett strains, but some of the bacteria strains are actually infected with regular yeast like brewer's yeast so they're looking for just bacteria and they're getting yeast in there to to throw off some flavors oh so it's a weird um really weird or maybe it's the brett, brett strains but the, either way there's saccharomyces uh, yeah you, they're they're putting in brettanomyces and oh, they're getting okay. some saccharomyces after a while ah, okay. crop up and, and start throwing weird flavors even that direction all right, so some of the nitty-gritty, like, why this really matters. According to the lawsuit, Left Hand uh, exclusively used White Labs yeast to brew several beers, including Milk Stout Nitro, Extrovert IPA, and Warrior Fresh Hop IPA, until early 2017. The craft brewer said it first received a consumer complaint of abnormally high pressure in bottles of its Milk Stout Nitro products in early July 2016 and later discovered off flavors in its Extrovert IPA. That forced Left Hand to recall effective product in 37 states. The company said it destroyed $2 million worth of Milk Stout Nitro, oh. Extrovert IPA, and Warrior Fresh Hop IPA, as well as several thousand more barrels of unpackaged inventory. So that My heart. Hit them, yeah, that hit them hard, and that hits, that hits me hard to think about I, that. I love Left Hand Nitro. Like, oh, God. Yeah, so a lot would of people's go to nitro. I tell a lot when they're like, "Oh, what what does that mean?" I was like, "You want to go grab some uh, milk stout nitro from Left Hand, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about it." So yeah, uh, in the aftermath of the recall, Left Hand claims its company has incurred significant financial losses and damages, including a loss of market share. Additionally, sales of flagship milk stout nitro, which the company said accounts for about half of its sales have significantly decreased after contaminated yeast products supplied by White Labs caused secondary fermentation in beers brewed using that yeast. Oh, so looking at it from that perspective, you, I can understand why they would file a lawsuit. Now, ha the odds of it probably coming in their favor, probably not high, but, you know, I mean, it's... We'll wait and see, but I think uh, if that does go to court, I could see it going in their favor considering their losses in this matter. Well, and it depends. There is, it, uh, there's another brewery who hasn't filed a lawsuit but has had similar complaints. So, I, it, I feel like it's going to be a matter of proving it, which is where I think they're going to have an issue. That is going yeah. to be a major issue is uh, they have to prove that it was from the, the yeast from the actual service was – or. Yeah, yeast directly from White Labs was the cause. And the only way they could really do that is if they had some unopened packages of that yeast still laying around that could be sent off for testing. Breweries don't, as a rule, keep that stuff around, so it's going to be difficult. The issue that I have with the law, well, not the issue, I guess, but the one of the things that they 
have did they mention in this lawsuit that they were claiming damages other than just the just the um, the loss the yeah it loss of market share yeah so um, not only the beer that they lost but it's also, hard to quantify they could they could show okay there, we, our beers have dropped off but at the same time it's going to be difficult to say oh okay your beers would have also dropped off if if you because had, because other beers come in and people like other yeah. beers better than yours yeah it's such a changing that you have you don't have the staple market where you see a growth of three percent every year and this one year that something bad happened you don't see that growth of three percent you can't go yeah. back and say it, oh yeah it could it could also be that this is less to do a lawsuit and more to do just a measured damage control. sort of uh, part damage control part um, part you know shot at them yeah. like hey you you messed up our stuff with the very least foul lawsuit we may not win. But that reflects poorly on White Labs either way. Yeah, shots over, and, shots across the bow, really kind of thing. And this could also be, and it could the, also lead to, to White Labs just settling. They could, they could reach a settlement. But either way, that part of that, da- some of that damage is already done. Yeah, and this could be they don't expect to be compensated for a loss of market share. That they threw that in there as in a judge would go, well, let's cut that out of this deal and focus on the other stuff. Yeah, I could see that. That could be their bartering chips. Like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll let the market share thing go if you'll, you know, give us, you know, help us back with the money for the lost beer. Is it is it bad that I really enjoy lawsuit stories? Like, not, like, they're just something like, you're like, okay. I mean, like, as as talking about it on the show, it's like, oh, we can really just, like, dig into <laughs> well, let's, different viewpoints how it works. Let's move away from the law and talk a little bit uh-huh. about... In space. Couldn't resist. If I'll it's fine. The other board. <laughs> Throw the echo on that. So, uh, yeah, this other article. Everything about it is so clickbaity. The title and the giant graphic. They have nothing pertains to the actual article. So the title is Budweiser wants to brew up microgravity beer on Mars. And it has this big caption with like Bud on Mars. So in order for Budweiser to produce produced by Anheuser-Busch to be the first microgravity beer on Mars, the company is sending barley into space. Rather than wait until humans make it to the red planet, the beer company is doing their advanced research to see how and if beer tastes different in space, not actually at all what they're doing. Oh man. <laughs> Okay, this just cut brought a different thought to my brain. Imagine it's the pilgrim situation all over again. <laughs> We're traveling we, through space we gotta on like a, on a on a on a life, you know, like one of those like you know giant arc ships, and we've we've you know, you know generation ships. We've run out of beer, run out of beer for the whole generation. They go, screw it. We didn't plan to land here, but we're going there. Got to make a That's pit stop. So, yeah, everything up till now, you could just wad that up and throw it away in this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, that idea now is, like, really in my head. Like, oh, that sounds cool. So, in conjunction with the Center for the Advancement of Science in Space and payload development company Space Tango, uh, Budweiser will send 20 barley seeds to the International Space Station on December 4th. The shipments will leave from Cape Canaveral and stay in orbit on the space station for one month. This will test how gravity affects barley growth and how barley will germinate before heading back to Earth for analysis. Wonder but, how it actually would. 
I mean, yeah, like, this is something interesting to figure would, out. Would would it be able to grow <laughs> larger without gravity holding it down, or would it even be able to germinate without? Will it become very know. long and stretchy? Will it just be orange rock? I mean, we don't, we won't know until it comes back. So what I'm expecting is we're not looking at barley itself growing as a. We're not looking at it growing as a plant. We're looking at it in the malting process. So it's starting the German because the way you do malting is you trick it into thinking that it's in a warm, nice soil, and then mm-hmm. you let it go a little ways, and then you stop it. And so they're they're malting barley. I think is is really kind of the direction they're heading in. Uh, Possibly, but I'm just wondering. I mean, while you're there, just test everything. <laughs> yeah, why, why not? Right. Um, the the company that they work with, the way they kind of work experiments is you get these little tiny boxes. And the the fun thing for us is that this company is actually located in Lexington, Kentucky. Really? Yes. Space Tango is, is in Lexington. My, my work, we've actually been talking to these folks about doing some experiments in space um, for the school. And so the you pay like a small amount. It's not much. It's like 15 grand or something. And you get this small box that you put your experiment in, and it goes up and comes back down. The astronauts don't have to do anything to it. It just runs and sends data. And so by doing that, you're able to do these micro-experiments in microgravity. The, the cool thing that I think Budweiser's doing here is they're getting some PR out of it, which is nice. You know, we're first... First beer. Well, they're a, they're a marketing company that right. also makes beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. some of their big quotes in this are like Budweiser is always pushing the boundaries of innovation, and I'm, I stopped uh, at that, and I was like, hmm, hmm, seems like someone uh, might be able to sue them for that. <laughs> Probably boundaries of innovation. If they put it on a bottle, yeah, definitely. Um, so this this is definitely sort of what could they do? They could spend. 1.2 I don't how much is a, a Super Bowl commercial 30 million dollars now I don't know 1 million a million bucks a second or whatever How much is it worth to me a uh, dollar 50 <laughs> Or they could go and spend 15,000 dollars on uh, an experiment that they send up into space and get all this free press from the New York Daily News uh, I don't know it's, it's just neat to to kind of see the the fact of this is also going to bring back some science I'm hoping they're doing it in a very good scientific method They've hired some good good PhDs to do this. We can hope, but at the same time, I'm thinking, eh, this is going to be interesting to uh, to see their spin on it. Maybe we'll learn something useful that a better brewery can use to. <laughs> Let's have microbrews and microgravity. How about that? Oh yeah. See, that's a better headline. <laughs> exactly. All right, so since someone's already come up with a better headline for them, let's go ahead and roll on into Untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, wrecks up! Okay, so uh, our last badge we decided on, which I'd completely forgotten, and we were all scrambling trying to remember. What the hell was it? I wasn't scrambling, I remember. She remembered, and she wasn't even trying to get it, so it was heavyweight. And I didn't get it until pre-show. It's not that I wasn't trying. It's that I got sick and I hadn't been drinking beer until literally yesterday. I, okay. I, I want to tell you the, the beer I got it on because I was working for it earlier this week. Went down. I had some time off. And I went down to, uh, to Hopcat. Uh, and they had on draft the uh, Stone Barking Wheaton Wootstout 2017. Oh, yeah. 
So and this is what yet. we've got a and bottle. Just, I haven't had it yet. I'm debating. This is what got me over the top, <laughs> like so much Sylvester Stallone. And uh, uh one, it was delicious. Two, it was the last thing I had there, and I had to drive back. It's like I got a little mini sifter. It's like, yeah, it's about the right size for what I need right now. <laughs> but oh man, yeah, the uh, stone farking. Uh... Wheaton is a pretty good one every year. I've still not had this year's. I look forward to that one. So it's tasty. I had it in a bottle. It was pretty good in bottle. Okay. Um, Got that thing off draft. Casey, it's a religious experience. Did you? You didn't manage to hit the badge, I did, did you? Not. I'm no. two away. Okay. So I am. Well, poop. I am. Uh, oh, horses' feathers. Yeah, I'm three check-ins away from getting heavyweight level 23. All right, well... The main thing is, well, look, I thought look, it was we Imperial have, Stouts, we, and so here I was, like, checking out some Imperial they Stouts. They go towards it. They go towards we, it. Yeah. We literally have passed this one, guys. Uh, porters. Porters and Stouts. Porters and Stouts. But yeah. So it was Porters uh, and Stouts for that one, but uh, at least me and Justin managed to pull that one off. I did, however, today get the bottles one that we had initially tried. <laughs> I got that. I got that earlier. Uh, I got that like two days after the show, and I was like, so close. Um, yeah, uh, like that's it's fine. We're we're getting used to it. We're we're yeah. It, it's a change up on how we're doing that. So we got to remember. Oh yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be drinking towards this badge. So I think we've uh, decided since it will be an easy one for some of us to hit this next time we're gonna try and work and see if everyone can level up your imperial czar so that's, look i uh, suggested that last one last time because i was only like two away from it so so we're it's uh russian imperial stouts i believe five every five you get a level on it as a matter of fact i'm exactly five away at this <laughs> point so some of us might be going to an russian imperial stout release next yeah, weekend imagine that may, may pad our results <laughs> Who knows? Somebody wrote this doc while thinking about themselves. Hey, hmm. when uh, when I'm told, uh, oh, you you come up with the untapped badges. Oh, okay. I'm going to come up with one I know I'm going to get. <laughs> That's fine. I got this. All right. Uh, I believe we actually have a topic instead of just ramblings. Been on that truck. Seeking monsters. This, but I have no idea when we're done. <laughs> no, perfectly. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, so we're talking about brown ales today, which, speaking of which, I need to get back into this growler and pour a little bit more of mine while we read. Oh, hear that fizz. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, so uh, let's make sure I'm all the way at the top real quick before I go go down. I was really afraid of like, looking down going... Nope, missed a whole paragraph. So, uh, yeah, no, brown ale. So although many style guides uh, list English mild ale, uh, robust porters, uh, abbey brunes, and old brunes. Old brunes. Uh, as, old brunes as uh, brown beers. Uh, we will be focusing on the historical British and London brown ales and their movement into the craft beer American brown ales uh, that are quite food-friendly and quaffable. Mm, that's the word of the day, quaffable. Uh, use, it, use it in everyday conversation, quaffable. And watch the weird looks when they mishear you. 
My chair squeaked. I'm sorry. (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyway, in the early 1700s, brewers in London were producing a variety of beers that ranged in flavor and color and intensity. Some were called stouts, some porters, but as a whole, they were referred to as brown beers. This term was generic rather than referring to a specific style of beer. In the 1870s, the innovation of the drum roaster by Daniel Wheeler. (coughs) Pardon. Uh, Daniel Wheeler, uh, anyway, changed the malt, the way malt was made. Key innovation in this form of, uh, is the form of black patent malt, uh, a variety that was called such due to the patented way it was made. Beers that were made with a new malt were now called black beers instead of the generic brown beer. The distinction became, uh, began to emerge between traditional stouts and borders and brown ales. Uh, see, I, I, it's, it's weird to think of early stouts and porters not actually being... Stouts and porters. Being like that super dark, but being yeah. more... Uh, which, then again, there are some brown... Uh, brown ales that I've seen recently that uh, yeah very recently where you look at that glass and you're like you hold it right next to a milk stout and you're like I'm not seeing a difference here uh, yeah the taste of London uh, slipped into two extremes in the mid 1800s uh, with the innovation of the pale ale malt the two major styles that were created uh, created either pale pale beers or black beers the former being the most popular Due to these two factors, brown beers became scarce and fell out of favor in London. The fools. Uh, it wasn't until 1927 when Newcastle, Chris. Ah, oh, Newcastle. Newcastle. No, no. We, uh, we, we, don't, we don't speak of Newcastle. We don't speak how they reintroduced their Newcastle Brown in uh. Scotland. Uh, <laughs> it likely did not taste or smell anything like the beer we know today, so good news there. Woo! For Chris, uh, I can drink a Newcastle Brown. I need Brown. a time machine and I can drink it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, you need a time machine to stop you from... Never mind. Uh, we, but it did bring back the name Brown Ale and it helped reintro- reintroduce the style. One aspect that probably helped spread the name Brown Ale was this, uh, was this beer marketed as a bottled version which means it could uh, see a wider distribution and gain notoriety. It became iconic as the original northern or British brown ale. Now, brown ones are typically light brown or amber to very dark in color. <coughs> Pardon. A little burpy. Yeah. Little I don't know what could cause this. Uh, not as much as, as, as dictated by the burps. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they could be uh, very light brown or amber to very dark brown in color with sometimes a reddish hue. Uh, they are clear and when you can see through, uh, see through them and have a low to moderate uh, off-white to uh, light tan head. Brown ales have a long history in Great Britain, although several, of the, several types of products have used the names at different times in history. Today, we're talking about the modern 20th century brown ale as uh, that is sold as a bottled product it's not the same as historical versions of the same name the british brown ale is a stronger version uh brit standards at about 4.2 to 5.4 percent abv to sell predominantly in bottles and rarely on draft 
I gotta say, I'm I'm kind of a fan of both, but uh, the British style of brown ale is more balanced towards the maltiness of the beer, bringing a caramel-centric British ale flavor without the roasted flavors you find in a porter, which is sad. <laughs> they have a light, sweet toffee, nutty, or light chocolate notes, and light to heavy caramel quality from the malt. Although hops are not the main show, they should balance this beer with floral or earthy hops being the most used. You may also find a light fruity aroma in some of the versions of the British Brown Ale. Uh, the sweetness in the aroma should carry over into the flavor with a gentle to moderate malt sweetness and caramel notes. The beer should not finish sweet, however, and should lift off to a dry finish. You may also taste nutty, toasted, biscuit, toffee, or light chocolate flavors in this style. And those are really personally what I'll look for in a brown ale. Those kind of, uh, kind of top it off for me. Uh, the style should have a medium to medium low bitterness, and the balance can range from even to malt focused. Although you may uh, taste hot bitterness, uh, the hot flavor will likely be low to none, and you may find low to moderate fruity esters from the yeast strain used. Sorry, Justin, just uh, collapsed. This category is wide ranging, and therefore many different types of beers can fall inside. Some more hoppy and some more malty, but one thing is certain, none should have a strong roasted flavor as this style was traditionally made with brown malt and not roasted malts. Typical examples of the British brown ale are the ever-available Newcastle brown ale. Yeah, well, Newcastle boo. Samuel Smith's nut brown ale and uh, Witchwood Hobgoblin. I've seen Hobgoblin around. That was my first brown Man. Casey, you remember our first experience with uh, Hobgoblin? Quite do. And we hated that. Yeah, said it was too hoppy. I think it's like 20 IBUs. Yeah. Yeah. It was years come ago. Along, I was gonna say, come a long way. That's my long-standing thing. Every, now I'm trying to revisit beers I did not like the first time I, I had them because my tastes have definitely changed. Hobgoblin has been one of those in my mental list of things I need to try to find again to, to, to get... To, to re-experience it. I, I, re, I, I retried it, and it tasted so different to me the second time around. I thought the first time they may have got the kegs mixed up, and it really was. It's also possible. That's also possible. That is very possible because we've been out places and ordered one beer and knew for a fact we were not served that beer. <laughs> this I, I, remember one time, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time I remember one time ordering a pale ale, and they brought me a stout, mm-hmm. and I went... This is not right. I'm gonna drink it, like, but it's not right. I'm gonna right. drink it. I'm not. I don't have a problem. You can charge me for it. I'll pay for it. This is not what I ordered. <laughs> so the American brown ale was created and has become popularized by the American craft beer movement. This style is derived from the British brown ale, but with more hops. The first example popularized was released in 1986 by Pete's Wicked Ale from Pete's Brewing Company in San Antonio, Texas. The company sold Gambrinus in 1998. The company was company that currently owns Shiner and its Bach line of products. In 2011, Pete's Wicked was discontinued due to declining sales. That is very unfortunate. I feel like that's something, based on name and reputation alone, you could bring back. Probably. It would sell it, as a throwback. Give it, give it another few years. Uh, probably by 2021, they'll they'll try to bring that back. I mean, see, that, if Shiner suddenly started selling that, 
I would definitely pounce on that now. Just brownells just aren't as aren't as big anymore. They really aren't. They they've been bigger for me recently. Yeah. But that's uh, adjuncts. I, w- I will say so. Uh, founders, praise be, uh, <coughs> dumping boatloads of coffee in it. That helps. <laughs> that Sumatran brown. Oh, Ooh. that now, just blew my socks off. I wonder if it's going to have that thing like uh, how a few years ago I, I I always said like why are there not more craft pilsners and now now we've been seeing more and more of them. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if we're, we're going to see them return like the 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 the, the style uh, taste might switch. Just released a for the holidays a hoppy pilsner. Okay, it's something like awkward family photo is what it's okay. called or something. Okay, sure. Um, with the with the this type of beer, it's very like it's a good drinking beer. Like all year round, you can have this beer and it's fine. Like winter, it's a good low ABV when you're not trying to kill yourself with imperial stouts. You can yeah, it can be sessionable at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the summer, it could be your late you know later in the evening. Finishing beer. Yeah. You've had a lot of lighter stuff, and the hops are kind of building on your palate. This is something good and malty that'll be a change of pace and move you into a slightly cooler evening setting. Mm-hmm. All right, so the American Brown Ale can be a spectrum of various malts and hop balances. The hops are traditionally more forward, but they should always balance the beer rather than clash with it. You'll find some of the same aromas and flavors as a British brown with the exception of the hop aromas, which will be stronger and may have an American or New World character, such as a citrus fruity tropical. You know, I never really uh, think of those as New World, but I guess I should. Yeah, I'm just now thinking of like you know, like they make tropical stouts. Not tropical. Uh, not tropical uh, hops, though. Not tropical mm, flavors, right? Yeah. like mango and pineapple. Yeah, just. I'm just trying to figure out, like, like I wonder if you could make one of those into a brown ale. I don't know if it would be good, but it would just be an interesting experiment, maybe. All right, uh, these beers may even be dry hopped to increase that hop character. The dark malts may be a little more robust than other brown ales. They, however, do not need to be roasted like a porter. Looking at you, Brittany. The malt, <laughs> the malt and the hops should balance each other. This style should have more chocolate and caramel flavors than the American Pale or Amber Ales with typically less bitterness in the balance and less bitterness alcohol and hop character than brown IPAs. This style is typically more bitter and hoppier than the English style with a richer malt presence and higher alcohol at 43 to 6.2% ABV. So we've also seen, which I've really enjoyed before over here, we've had... Uh, what was it? We had a bourbon barrel aged brown ale. It oh. was delicious because it is it's yeah. it's got that malt body that you want in something that you're going to dump into a bourbon barrel or a rum barrel or something like that, and that it'll hold up. But it's light enough to really pull that flavor off the barrel. Yeah, and it'll hold yeah. a lot better. I I was thinking that because I was just picturing like you know sometimes stouts you don't get a lot of the. You'll get some, but you'll get everything with, with stouts is like hints of other flavors around the main, the main show, kind of. The, the show. <laughs> uh, but with a brown ale, I, I think like the other, like some of that other stuff can really get a chance to like come out a little bit more. Yeah. 
And you're, you know, you're more likely to use that than say, you know, barrel aging a pilsner. Which I mean, come on, founders, sure, I'll drink it, but let's let's be honest here. That's that's a little weird. You, it's all about balance with the brown ales, and so that's that's mm-hmm. the key. Um, you're you're adding a little bit more balance there by not killing you with bitterness. Um, vanilla that comes out of a barrel is a really mm. nice flavor that combines no. with. I think I feel like it's always a good flavor. Combines with brown ale, especially. Um, so some brewers will attempt to make brown ales by creating a pale or an amber ale and then adding dark malts to kind of make up the color difference. So you've got the flavor of a pale or an amber beer, and then it's just the color of a brown ale. I feel like um, that's wrong. It, it adds just a slight chocolatey malt flavor, but that's about it. Mm. These are new methods of creating brown ales, however. Traditionally, the beer's flavor was almost exclusively from a brown malt that contributed a rich, toasty flavor and a color mm. hard to get through other methods. The rounded, toasted flavor is somewhat between a biscuit or amber and a chocolate. Um, these malts are used to be very common in brewers' arsenal for flavor additives, but are quite uncommon to see used today. Instead of adding an ounce of very dark malt per gallon, like the, the chocolate malt, um, brewers would add a quarter to three quarters of a pound of brown malts per gallon to give more flavor and not just the color that goes into it. Brown malts are still available for brewers and home brewers' use. They are created by increasing the heat in the drying process in the same way amber malts are made. The brown malts are just kind of just a stepped-up version of this. It's increased to a higher temperature than amber malts. Traditionally, this was done by actually adding bundles of wood to a roaring fire under a turning drum filled with the malt. If you remember from previous episodes, coke was the primary source of heat for heating malts and drying them out because it produced less smoke flavor in the malt. The re-addition, after you switch to coke and then you come back over to wood, well... Coke classic. Coke classic. <laughs> um, you come back over to wood and add a little wood back into there. It would create a, uh, a smoky, a deep smoky flavor in the malt that was hard to get otherwise and added a toasted flavor that was also hard to get from the other malts. Um, this process produces pyrazine, uh, a group of savory compounds that give bell peppers, potatoes, and fermented soybeans their main savory aromas, as well as nutty or roasty aromas. And then pyrroles, which are a nutty-like compound that darkens when exposed to air. So that's where you get... I'm really confused about bell peppers, potatoes, and fermented soybeans having things in common. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a family, a group. So one's like a die, one's a try, uh, one's a... So the pyrazines are all sort of this like umami-like flavor. Oh. Mm. oh, good. The flavor no one can describe except... Yeah. After having kim- proper kimchi, I kind of understand how you can't describe no. that flavor okay. anymore. Oh, that, man. That flavor speaking. in a beer, I have discovered it. You want to know exactly what it is? Drink fresh Dark Lord. It tastes like nothing but umami and soy sauce. Yes, for Jesus everyone Christ. out there that can't find uh, an umami no. flavor, let's find this one rare, super fresh, rare beer. Fresh Dark Lord is Satan's anus. It is terrible. If that stuff is not Although aged now, at least three years, I do not want anything to do with it. Although now I'm pretty sure I'm going to be ordering from a ramen place tomorrow. <laughs> So that's yeah. gonna, that, I'll have the Satan's oh. anus bowl. Oh, I'll have one Satan's anus, please. Um, that's one of the reasons that beers that are made with the traditional brown malts instead yeah. of your, your just added color malts have a very distinct flavor, a very different flavor that's more, 
I don't know. It's, it's kind of filling. It's more of a rounded flavor instead of just your straight, you know, colored amber malt. Um, the historical style, though, that used to be called the Southern Brown Ale, um, and used to be in the 2008 <laughs> guideline. The Lord and me, the Southern Brown Ale. Uh, it used to be a style all to itself. Now they've moved in the BJCP to a historical style. Um, the London Brown Ale differs from the British <laughs> Brown Ale because it's a no, much more I sweet am- beer. I almost said the South will rise again. I just couldn't even do it ironically. I was like, nope, no, I can't. Can't do it. Well, so, <laughs> probably a good choice. Uh, where the British Brown Ale leaves uh, dry finish to the. Uh, leaves a dry finish. The London Brown is balanced heavily on the sweet side. The prime example of the style is Man's Brown L. Um, you can find it in the U.S. and abroad. M-A-N-N apostrophe S. Brown. Man's. Man's. He has Chinese theater <laughs> and uh, and brown ales. Uh, created in 1902, marketed as the sweetest beer in London. Currently holds over 90% of the London Brown L market share for this oh, wow. style. But that market is decreasing. So, the ninety percent of a small market is still a small market. Uh, wait, wait. How does he have that high of a market share when Newcastle is there? So, that, not that Newcastle is necessarily superior. I'm right. just so Newcastle is a British brown ale. Oh, this okay. one is a London brown ale. Okay, uh, sorry. There's really three styles that we've talked about today. I've, the London, yeah. the American, and the uh, British. I'm just realizing how much of this uh, this this growler I've gone through, and my confusion makes more sense. Oh, you say you're hoisting the growler around. I'm beginning to wonder if you were just drinking straight, straight. from the growler. It's, I'm almost there. <laughs> um, Trust me, but by, by, by post-show, I will be. It's it's a good, uh, you know, half a gallon is a pretty good amount to, to go through. Oh, God, don't tell me how much it is. It's... Uh, the alcohol content of the, the London Brown L style is much more in line with traditional English beers. You usually find it at 28 to 3.6% ABV, although the pre-World War I version was about 5%. Um, the style is a less roasty version of the sweet stout, kind of in comparison, or a sweet version of the dark mild. And it's actually more used as a mixer in pubs than a straight pub beer. So you would you would add it to a beer like an English mild or an English bitter to give it a little bit of sweetness inside the pub. Um, kind of like we do black and tans now with Guinness. Mm. Um, uh, speaking kind of of black and tans, this is off topic drastically so, but uh, this, this uh, Thanksgiving weekend that just happened, uh, spent some time with my family watching Jeopardy and they have a whole section that's just it's just about like bartending stuff. <laughs> and I'm having to confirm to my very anti alcohol mother, yes mom, I know all of this from bartending, from not work. from personal experience. <laughs> but they mentioned like like what's this like oh it it's it's cider and a uh uh, and uh, I forget the other thing. Yeah, Smittix and yeah, it's you know Smittix and uh, um, Harp. And I was like, snake bite. And they get black and tan. No, you're a moron. You're a moron. <laughs> you should feel bad. <laughs> what part of that is black? What yeah. part of those drinks are black? You fool. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> we can go back to the. What was that? Smittix is a Scottish ale, right? 
No, it's a uh, it's part of the the Guinness yeah. family. What's, it's what's a it's uh, style, no, it's a uh, it's just a uh, just a regular I ale, I think. Um, I have to look it back up because uh, Smittix is Smith. Irish ale. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just it's just an ale because they have Smith. You had Smittix, you got uh, Guinness, and which you've the got W just Hart. vanishes. I mean, it's everyone says Smittix. And it has bugged the crap out of me forever. It's not Smithwicks. <laughs> That's how we used to say it. <laughs> um, we don't speak with Cockney accents, so it's you don't. The beer we're drinking for today. Oh, um, I believe. Uh, yeah, we need to flow into what is filling our glasses currently. <laughs> Drink with me, friend. And it's it's a Thanksgiving miracle. We're all drinking to style. Yeah. And God all drinking, bless us. God bless us, everyone. And all drinking the same beer. Kind of. Okay, that that's a little weird, but <laughs> from the same glass, from the beer fridge. <laughs> Look, no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> like there's a, like, I want to take a sip. I would not drink the whole. No. Okay. No. If it was like golden drack, I would be very comfortable that the ABV is high enough to kill. Okay. Anything. Yeah. Sure. Or Maybe with golden drack. A little bit of no. Uh, no. No. That's that's to come later. So what? What? <laughs> what? What, what we, about what about the worldwide stat? I think that one probably kills it. Just about. Yeah. So what are we dumping down our gullets right now, Casey? So, what have I drank nearly a growler of? What have I put almost half a gallon of into me already? Today we are having a smoked maple vanilla brown ale from Deschutes Brewing. Or sorry, DeLatter's. DeLatter's Brewing. My bad. Corporate rival. That's where we get sued. Um, <laughs> by the way, did we come up with a name for this one? We didn't. We did so not. I think we, that needs to be... Can it be uh, Kentucky Hot Brown? Ooh. Oh, Kentucky Hot no, 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 Brown! No. It has no. For it to be Kentucky Hot Brown, it has to be spicy. So, to call it the Hot Brown, it has to have peppers. So we'll have to try a rebrew. We, we may need to do it, a special, a specialty version of it, but maybe, maybe the Kentucky Smoke Brown. Mm. Okay, like Kentucky Smoke Brown. But oh man, Kentucky Hot Brown, that is. I'm surprised. Yeah, you sure you? Yeah, Mornay sauce into uh, the brew. Um, so coming in at a, a, approximately calculated at six percent alcohol by volume and forty-three IBUs. Um, seven pounds of two row for a five-gallon batch. Seven pounds of two row. One pound of maple syrup. One pound of candy sugar. We'll talk about that here in a second. Eight ounces of care pills. Eight ounces caravan. Eight ounces of caramel sixty malt. 8 ounces of Abbey, 8 ounces of a Cherrywood smoked malt, 4 ounces of chocolate malt, an ounce each of Northern Brewer at 60 minutes, EKG at 15 minutes, and uh, EKG East Kent Goldings. <laughs> yeah, not not the, 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 the electrodes you check. Uh, and then 7 whole vanilla beans split in two that were added at the end of the boil as well. Um, the, so, man, Casey, that is that is much more in depth than we normally go with our with our uh, what we're drinking. Yeah. How do we know so much about its exact composition? So this is the beer that we brewed. Um, it just so happened that it worked out well for the Brownell episode. Um, I think we actually decided on a Brownell episode before we actually 
knew we were going to be drinking we, this. Yeah. yeah, that seems about right because we don't. <laughs> we we plan. stumble into these. We don't plan them. <laughs> it's just we turn around and go, "Hey, what are we doing for the July Fourth episode? Is it is it something patriotic? We're doing Yingling." Okay, close enough. <laughs> All right, we'll make it work. But yeah, so this is the one we brewed. Um, uh, the the one pound of candy sugar was added in to meet the right alcohol by volume, and I think that it matched up with the. It, it usually thins out a beer, but I don't think it did it too bad on this one. I think we got a pretty good gravity at the. End. I mean, if we're looking, if we're looking at clarity, this thing is dark. Oh yeah, that's okay. When we were talking about having seen a brown ale that looks about like a stout yeah this this bad boy is looking like a stout and for five gallons that we made that's four ounces of chocolate that's like a quarter of a cup of chocolate malt gave us this color Jeez. the yeah and then and we were talking i will about say this there are no brown malts in this by the way so this is one of those piece mills this, try to get close to a brown without without know, having the brown that's why there's so now, many it, different malts in there sorry bob but that's why there's so many different malts in there is to try to make the malt flavor, fla- make the malt flavor of a brown ale without, you know, just just use brown malt. You know, I feel like that's that's probably something we could have done better. Uh, yeah. Um, all I was going to say was just that it's, it's this this. Uh, I guess right now I'm thinking of it, the, the, it's, it's Franken malt to to get us to that, to get us to that flavor. But uh, it's uh, we we did do. We had something for for smokiness, didn't we? Yeah, that was the cherry uh, half pound of cherry wood smoked malt. Mm. That's right. So I'm now more of that, that said, right this now. is not this is not in the Roush beer category, or as I now call it, ham beer. Ham beer. <laughs> yeah, this is probably uh, close to that that British brown because it's using British style malts. It's not using any of the the traditional American style malts, and it's more British style in its kind of its construction, maybe a little bit bigger on the alcohol than what you would get in a British style. Usually they're a little bit lower, but, um, and a little bit bigger in the IBUs because it's not super bitter, but no, no, uh, it, it does have, you can, you can taste a bit of that seven whole split vanilla beans. Yeah. Mm. Mm, yeah. It, it, gives, it gets a nice pleasant. little, it gives a, it's a very pleasant aftertaste when you're done with everything. Uh, but Sorry, I'm drinking a nice little whiff of that aroma that I've been drinking. Sniffy sniff. Mmm, <laughs> smells good. I gotta, I gotta try a little bit of this uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. And oh my god, it's so good. See, I haven't gotten uh, to try that much of it because I've been bourboning. So it's because I started to cough and, and I was like, oh god, no. I'm keeping. By you the way, Brittany. Medicine. By the way, Brittany, we have missed you this episode. I, I, <laughs> I, I understand. You're fine. Um, but no, it's... pestilence upon the house. <laughs> the consumption has taken her. It's fine. I keep but, asking uh, her where the other three horsemen are. Uh, <laughs> probably just us. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, Jesus. Uh, okay, so I don't know which one of us is war. Uh, it's, probably the one with a big hammer in his hand. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, the oh God, I really do love this. I do I do really enjoy this this homebrew? Uh, I would like to say we made it with our own sixteen hands, but Casey made it with his own two mostly, hands while the rest of us drank Casey, and watched. 
Yeah, that's more accurate. Drunk and Christmas uh, drank and uh, amused him by trying to eat whole hop nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah, uh, that, that uh, live brew session is still being edited and may end up posted by the end of the year, or it may become some There's kind of... There's a lot of, to it, guys. It may, may be... It, it may, may just be a myth that only exists to people who watched it live until the stream died. Yes, uh, and it may come to life again as some kind of Patreon exclusive thing. Who knows? Yeah, we gave her crap. <laughs> you pay, you, yeah, it is you, a you, rough you, recording <laughs> to work with on a rainy day in a garage with a bad internet connection. You pay us enough, maybe we'll let you hear what that nonsense was. It won't be worth it, whatever they pay. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this beer, if I were going to enter it into a competition, I would probably go with, since the smoke flavor isn't overwhelming, I'd probably go with something along the lines of a, um, uh, maybe a Christmas or a vegetable herb spice beer. And oh, something along man, those lines. This, but at the same time... If all Christmas beer tasted like this, I would actually enjoy... I would, I would potentially just say, throw this in as a regular british brown ale and let it ride because the the maple the smoke and the vanilla none of them are huge flavors they're all just mm. kind of balancing in the background the the chocolate is almost like where it's a very noticeable flavor but everything is actually really kind of balanced you're trying to figure out what what, what everything is, is about it yeah mm-hmm. that yeah. might come with like you know the half dozen malts that are in it or it might come with yeah but it, it's 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 interesting, and I, I really like it. Yeah, excellent. We'll have to do it again. Try another try another beer. Maybe 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 beer. we put it in, into some sort of barrel and. Maybe there maybe there's a barrel now filled with a rum bourbon like substance that is going to age for a while, and then maybe it probably won't be this because I don't think we're have enough of this left. Lots of rum. <laughs> but. Uh, Maybe something down the line ends up in said barrel. Maybe the liquid that comes out of said barrel. Eh, maybe we try some of that even. Yeah. It should be good. <laughs> the liquid that comes out of that barrel. Wait, you mean like we're just cleaning the barrel and drinking what's left over? Because, I mean, I've done that before. Well, there's currently a, a, a solution in said barrel that is composed of uh, rum-like things and bourbon-like things. It's like rum bases, and so it's... Uh, bases, all. Yeah. It's rum. in a fresh charred white oak mm-hmm. barrel purchased from Buffalo Trace. A little bit of... We, we were trying to... It's five liters, and there's it's a hard thing to come by five liters of liquor laying around that uh, that isn't flavored. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. They don't... I mean, without buying multiple bottles. Well... Real quick, before we get into any of our, our closing stuff, everyone, how do you feel about brown ales? We like brown ales. I don't like Newcastle. No, no. That, but uh, brown ales as a general flavor, uh, I like them. I, you, want, you want to break yourself of brown ales uh, or of Newcastle, drink a, drink a nice uh, five-liter keg of it, and you'll be done with it forever. I... <laughs> I I liked this one from what I had. I couldn't drink a lot because my throat. But, um, I I'm not that much of a fan of brown ales. I'm discovering actually. So hmm. we'll have to do a Roush beer for you next time. It's not too late. Oh for no! Voice. No more ham. No. <laughs> no, it's and it's not. It's I like 
I like them, but I still, at the end of the day, prefer stouts and porters. You like the roastiness. <laughs> yeah, I like I like something richer, I guess. And and the brown ale is just too. <laughs> I was like, really? Light. This uh, this Kentucky smoked brown isn't rich enough for you. <laughs> this one's good, but like most of the ones that I've had have just been like, eh. Okay. Eh. Yeah, they are a little bit on the, th- especially if they go uh, like. They go toward that. It's an amber ale that just has colorant to it. Yeah, that's that's what most of them seem to be. I yeah. feel like, and and then they try to do flavors with some of them, and flavors with brown ales versus stouts. I think it's better with stouts. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think we've rambled long enough, and that's gonna do it. All right. Well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. We're getting ready to add up some new stuff there that uh, Yeah, we, we didn't get to watched. talk about that during the show, yeah. but a lot of stuff from Dogfish and the Brewers Association, some really cool stuff. Yep. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and the YouTubes. YouTube. YouTube. And please rate the show or on iTunes and YouTube to help spread the word. Yeah, no. I mean, you can also stand on the corner of the sandwich board. Just tell people we exist. Sandwich board is oh. also a good method. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also tell us your favorite drink. That uh, at, Sorry. You can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com, or you can use the feedback page on the website. And we do love hearing from you guys. You can send us a message through Facebook, send us a message on Twitter, DM us. At us, whatever you want to do. Psychically link with us, you know, whatever. Become become one. Mind meld with us. If we you can have become, the means. If you have the means. You have, we can become J, whatever your name was. Insert your own name there. We'll, <laughs> we'll go J and something. Or your name first. I don't care. All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. If you're not 21 or over, why are you listening to this? I don't, I don't know what you're doing. You're pre-gaming for the final, for the fi- for your you're first intellectually day. Intellectually pre-gaming is the only thing I can come up with. But if you're not 21, don't drink. Hey, so you don't in have to fairness, to enjoy the show. In <laughs> fairness, 19, 20 year old me would have loved this just to get in the mindset of like, okay, what do I need to drink? Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've got to drink to enjoy this. Otherwise, I can't stand my own voice. <laughs> well, so yeah, uh, drink responsibly, guys. Don't drink and drive. All right, and uh, check us out in a week from this live recording for our next video episode where we sample through a pack and then another couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. I'm Christopher Walker. I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.